Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. Have you noticed how popular the Marvel Comics series of movies have been recently? You know, for a lot of people, it seems like a great break from reality and just to allow our minds to ride along with the characters as the battle between good and evil is depicted before us. But who's really the villain? Who's really the hero? Are you able to tell the difference? Would it shock you to know that these entertainment comics and movies are not as innocent as we're led to believe? For example, almost nobody is aware of the true history of one of today's most popular Marvel characters, Doctor Strange. I mean, what is the connection to Satanist Aleister Crowley, Satanism, the ancient heresy of Gnosticism, and Doctor Strange? To truly understand the spiritual foundation of Marvel Comics, we must first understand the influence behind many of the comic book writers. I have the absolute privilege today of welcoming back to our program Pastor Joe Schimmel, Senior Pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California. His background is one that, well, many teenagers like myself in the 70s followed. Uh, as it seemed, we fell into that you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll mentality for a while. And it was about as far as we could get from serving the Lord at the time, my life included in that. In our last interview, we focused on his expose of demonic influence in the entertainment industry. This film was titled, They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll, and it created quite a buzz in the industry at that time. And I urge you to go look up the video and review it. It'll open your eyes to things you never realized concerning the music industry, for sure. But today, we're focusing on his latest expose release, titled Doctor Strange, Aleister Crowley, and the Multiverse of Satanism. Help me welcome back to the program our good friend, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Joe, it is so good to talk to you again, my friend. It's great to be on with you again, Pastor Robert. Yeah, it's been a blessing last time. I remember we had a great talk and looking forward to this time. Amen. Now, I alluded to your background story just a little bit in the opening, but for the sake of those that may have missed our prior interview, could you share with us in your own words, who is Joe Schimmel? Yeah, I'm, I'm a blood-bought, born-again, Jesus-loving Christian, uh, even all glory to God. Who was lost on a you know on a grease pole to hell and didn't know it and well, I I grew up in the same similar era as you did or same era and uh, I was you know doing the same things you were doing but I was also I'll you know get involved in the occult and I'll give just a short I think I might have given my testimony last time so I'll give just a short short version of it was out myself up to the world of the demonic uh, which through witchcraft and so forth not knowing I was practicing witchcraft not believing in Satan first song I ever wrote and I was channeling lyrics and. And I began reading books in the power of subconscious mind, using visualization and self-talk and all these new agey type things that I didn't realize were new agey because they came in the guise of mind science. You know, I thought it was, you know, I was seven, 16, 17 years old looking at books on the power of the subconscious mind, thinking it was scientific. Began doing these visualizations that opened myself up to occult powers. It was very anti-God. Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And before I knew it, I mean, I was 
I was channeling lyrics, and my first song was called My Family or My Soul. And the lines were, some lines where I was falling forever deeper to the hole, I couldn't be freed. The devil was grasping my soul. I could hear my mother screaming and my sisters dreaming and my father dying and my brother crying. At first, I was troubled with the devil for the reason, but then the choice had dawned, be my soul or that of my family is to be treason. I could not win to be a devil or a demon. And then the song cut right to the end uh, of the song. Uh, you know, and there I lie at the final bottom to say goodbye. And so I went, or maybe so. And so I left with my soul and began to rock and roll. And that's where my lead guitar would come in. And I basically left my family in suspended animation in hell to be tormented for rock music. And of course, I'm thinking I'm just writing a song, showing how much I love music. And of course, I'd never do that to my family. It's just an anthem of, of praise for rock music and my love for it. And I began to get go through all kinds of occult experiences uh, where I was just channeling more and more lyrics, words I couldn't even understand, things I couldn't even write to this day, uh, all these years later, with far greater vocabulary and so forth. I look up the words and they fit right where uh, they'd always make sense in the songs I'd channel. I'd have covers ripped down, move sideways in my bed, totally, you know, from one vertical to, you know, I mean, it was amazing. But one thing I realized was I was hearing loud music. I mean, I'd wake up, I was get, being given music. My music became very Eastern. Like I was playing electric sitar. I mean, I born and raised here in Southern California and uh, live, you know, not, you know, going to the beach and all that stuff. And all of a sudden I'm playing like Robbie Shankar stuff and writing Eastern lyric, lyrics where I'm pushing reincarnation and pushing that we are God and all these new age lies right out of the Garden of Eden. You know, you shall not surely die in the tree of Gnosis or knowledge of evil. And ultimately, you know, uh, long story, trying to make it short, I'm finishing up here is my experiences became so acutely demonic, and I, be, I began to get communicated to on a couple of occasions audibly. Uh, one uh, specific time, I uh, was realized, wow, this is not my subconscious mind. I'm in touch with spirits that I don't even know existed. And why am I, all my stuff is antichrist, but they're also tormenting me. So I was a little bit uh, thick headed, <laughs> and I realized, <laughs> wow, you know, maybe there's something to the, that there's a devil and there's God and so forth. And I wrote my last song during that time period uh, until, you know, I became, after I became a Christian, started, I kicked my guitar, I kicked in my Fender amp, you know, gave my guitar away, stopped playing music for years until my wife bought me an acoustic and started doing some praise music sometime after that. But my, my uh, and now I just love to sing to the Lord and worship him. But at that time, the, the worst song I ever wrote, because it was probably just me at that time, because I was testing the spirits, you know, talking voices in my head. Are they good or are they bad? They shake my bed to comfort me, but I see it uncomfortably. The high-pitched humming, because I go through the state of paralysis with a humming sound going through me, will never go. It only seems to want to grow. And I was testing it. I know the Bible said test the spirits. And in the midst of a state of paralysis, I just cried out to God, Bob, in my heart. And as I cried out to him uh, in a very feeble prayer, but thank God because of his grace, because I said, only goodness, only if this is good. I couldn't move my mouth because I was paralyzed. It yeah. stopped. A week or two later, I cried out the same way. And the Lord Jesus Christ delivered me uh, again right there. But I cried out more directly instead of only goodness. I said, God, if you know, just started the prayer. God, if you're, you know, please. And boom, it stopped. And I knew twice that happened. Twice it stopped. I could never get that experience stopped. I got on my knees, gave my heart to the Lord, opened up the Bible uh, to the best I knew. And as I began reading the scripture, tore my wallpaper down, which was all my Zeppelin posters and my Jimi Hendrix poster. And uh, and man, my life has been changed ever since, you know? So we're Amen. talking about Amen. 80, Amen. just before 81, 81, and, and uh, by the grace of God. So he's opened my eyes to that industry. And then I knew, man, I don't know what I would have become. I could have just become some club musician and just dead young because I had a death wish. and I was very destructive. Uh, but 
I don't know what Satan had planned for me, but I realized it was very real. And I knew that the, you know, Zeppelin, Hendrix, the bands I was into at the time, you know, uh, that, you know, that these guys had opened themselves up to similar forces. So I began to read their biographies. And I began to look at what they were saying in interviews. And man, that's how they sold their souls for rock and roll came about because over and over again, they're admitting contact with these entities and they're all, you know, promoting an antichrist gospel, a new age, new world order type of uh, religious system, ultimately. Yeah, yeah amen. And, and, you know, as we shared last time, you know, that 70s culture, that was pretty in-depth in that spirit. And, and, you know, your video, they sold their soul for rock and roll, that opened a lot of eyes to the demonic influence uh, of the entertainment industry. But what led you to take on Marvel and DC Comics in video number two of your series? Well, I, you know, I've got a few children and <laughs> more grandchildren by the grace of God now and brought them up all in Jesus. They're all serving Jesus, uh, which is awesome. But at the time, uh, you know, I, I was very protective and still am with the grandkids and the, the, their parents are too, but not to let demonic stuff into their hearts. And, and, you know, your kids are growing up and they're known to be, <laughs> we're known to be very strict. And it was like, well, you know what? Uh, there's certain movies that, you know, uh, don't seem to have a lot of messaging going on and so forth. And when the initial Marvel uh, DC uh, comics became movies, uh, some of them were innocuous. They started to use some adult hu adult humor and so forth later, but uh, did not knowing a whole lot about comic movies and so forth. But knowing when I was a little kid, I remember watching Spider-Man and thought this has got to be pretty innocent, you know, and uh, seems to be innocent. But also having my spiritual antennae up, you know, uh, discernment uh, to be watchful. And, you know, we took the kids to some of those, like the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, and by the way, the the the, the comic book, the, the movies, the superhero movies uh, are, are there are four different genres of superhero movies are in the top 10 of uh, Chicago Tribune, which we uh, note in our first video this year, right before the one that came out on Crowley and Doctor Strange. This one was called Antichrist Agenda. And the, the series is, is basically... Uh, you know, basically, we're doing a series of seven parts on exposing these different uh, aspects of these movies. But four of the top ten, according to the Chicago Tribune, are based on superheroes, the genres. And the first one happens to be, uh, you know, the Avengers, uh, Avengers, uh, Marvel Avengers. And that's number one out of every movie, every every uh, movie franchise it's made the most by far. And so this is the main influence on kids along with music. So uh, as I... Was took the kids, but not to go into too much depth. As I took them to this initial movie, I would Spider Man, the very first movie. I mean, uh, Aunt May, you know, his aunt is praying, Our Father who art in heaven, and she's praying that prayer. And she's at the part, you know, uh, lead us not in temptation. And then the Green Goblin comes in, and it's like an epic scene in Hollywood. It's just horrifying. Like he breaks through a wall, and he's like, Finish it, finish the prayer. And then she says, You know, deliver us. She's trying to say deliver us from evil, and she starts to say it before you know it. She's just wiped out, and she's in the hospital. In other words, the Lord couldn't really didn't answer the prayer. But guess what? Guess who you really need to look to? Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He becomes the hero. And I thought, you know, there seems to be some pretty clear messaging there. Is you know what? This is the one you need to rely on. And that was, you know, it would have been subtle for a lot of people. Not it would have went over their heads a lot. I thought, but I thought, you know what? We know there's a lot of message in Hollywood. And then. I thought, you know, I need to keep my eye on this to a degree. And things got worse and worse. And then and then I got to the point where kids are getting older and I wasn't watching these movies for, for quite a while. Watched some of the early ones. But I was like, you know what? It's, there's too much adult humor. Uh, and there's constantly, uh, doc, uh, constantly, Pastor Bob, a, a 
kind of a depiction of kind of an Armageddon type scenario where humans unite to fight this threat and they get the assistance of these superheroes who are really the ones who fight the threat if the humans unite with them or not. And these superheroes could be, you know, uh, very human like Iron Man or they could be uh, very much like Batman and what have you uh, or human or they can have these extra, you know, powers and or they can be very spiritual uh like dr strange and they would unite together to fight this threat and i started seeing wow I, I, that's when i stopped going i said a lot of times the threat seems to be christ and i stopped going i thought you know what they're depicting jesus and they're kind of depicting the end of the world armageddon scenario where christ is depicted as evil and this antichrist type unity in the end times is, it, it seems to be a preconditioning so i just ignored it for a little bit didn't do much on it and then i saw a trailer for Infinity Wars, Avengers Endgame, those two back-to-back. And, and I think both trailers back-to-back. First one, I didn't do anything about it, but I said, you know what? That's so obvious. Uh, Doctor Strange, who represents the spiritual powers, unites with you know Iron Man, who represents the, the superheroes and the human powers. Uh, they come together, kind of like the Antichrist, the false prophet kind of scenario. Yeah, they bring the world yeah. together to fight against uh, Thanos. And Thanos is, lives in a garden, you know, he's the most powerful being in the universe at this point. He's trying to get all the, the stones and he comes to Earth and they're trying to defeat him. And even his ship, you know, <laughs> a repre- it has, you know, biblical connotations and and he st- d- d- declares himself, I am, you know, pregnant pause, you know, inevitable, you know. And, and in both trailers that did that, I think both of them back to back. And when I saw the trailer for the second one. I just saw the trailer. I wasn't watching these movies. I was like, you know what? I've lifted my hands to the Lord. A flare prayer. I said, Lord, if the same thing's happening that we exposed that Hollywood's war on God and they sold their souls for rock and roll and so many other things is happening through these movies in any kind of way that is, you know, has teeth where I could prove it, uh, reveal it to me if that's your will. And yeah. I went to bed that night. I woke up the next morning. The rest is history because it was burning on my heart. And Brother Bob, I can't tell you how quickly as I began to do the research, it all came together. I started looking at the top writers, uh, top comic writers and so forth. And I started, I found, you know, quickly, uh, I, I looked at the top 100 writers on comic book review, uh, Pastor Bob, uh, and that's the top uh fanzine site on the internet and they vote every four years for the top 100 writers and i found out the top one was alan moore i'm like man i exposed this guy in our video hollywood's war on god and i looked more into him and he's the top writer he's been called like the shakespeare of graphic uh novelist he he is on the top 100 writers of all time in english literature by time magazine yet i look into him and he practices the satanic magic of Aleister Crowley. He says he's a propagandist, and art is propaganda. And he's a Joseph Goebbels, i.e. Hitler's propaganda yeah. man, of, of, of art. And he says he's in touch with the demon of cinema. And he contacts these entities by practicing Crowley's magic, and they've assisted him in writing. I look at the next guy. Uh, and by the way, before we get to the next guy, number two, and this might be a good way to attack this, is because this is what really opened my eyes. I thought, wow, man, he's totally into Jimmy Page. I'm sorry, he's totally into Lester Crowley and all that. And then uh, he wears a a, a, a a Gnostic ring. He looks like kind of like Charles Manson, you know, super long hair. He boasts that his living girlfriend, maybe his wife now, is really close to like Zena LaVey, the daughter of Anton LaVey, and hangs out with those Satanists and stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy has put out... Uh, when I exposed Hollywood's War on God, and he was more incidental to that expose before I got into exposing the comics... Uh, I, I noted in there that his graphic novel, uh, V for Vendetta, 
which became a pretty popular movie, uh, that in the graphic novel, a lot of Christians were saying, V for Vendetta is great because it's top ministries are saying, and in fact, I was interviewed where a guy said, Joe, I'm so glad I saw Hollywood's War on God because we were saying how good V for Vendetta is because it's against fascism. But I show what he's against. Fascism is it uses Christian symbolism in the book. Those are the fascists. And and their 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 symbol is a uh, the, the symbol of the fascist is a cross, which they they invert or they change a little bit for the movie, and it goes over Christians' heads. But the very first panels in that graphic novel, he goes to this minister, and he V that is this you know who is basically looks a little bit by the way like uh, uh, Alan Moore. He says, "Please allow me to introduce myself." After he knocks on his door, he says. Please, Lord, I'm a man of wealth. And he quotes simply for the devil. That's Satan. And then he kills this guy. Starts off that way. And because the guy's like a pedophile, so they protect Christians as pedophiles and so forth. And then throughout the graphic novel, three or four times, him and his his protege, who's Eve, because it's Gnostic, and he's he's basically introducing her to the Gnosis, you know, uh, their, their phrase they say over and over again is, do what thou wilt, quoting Satan and Celestia Crowley. So, and one more thing on him, because he's he's the biggest, you know, and he'll probably be voted number one again in this coming year, because for another four years, is uh, Alan Moore, he has a series, uh, Brother Bob, called Lost Girls, that was 17 years in the in the making. I mean, for 17 years, I'm sorry, that, that thing ran. And uh, he was quoted on, PBS or, or on, it was a hard hard talk by BBC and they gave him some good questions but they said to him you know people are saying saying that you're promoting pedophilia in this because what he does brother is he takes uh, Wendy you know from Peter Pan he takes Dorothy from Wizard of Oz you know Alice from Alice in Wonderland takes these and puts their young he takes gals as young as fourteen and has them having sex with with adult men uh, and. He says, yeah, he admits it. I mean, we 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 got another video coming out pretty soon on, on the different writers, just looking at different writers. And we're going to show that interview. And he says, yeah, we are trying to do a uh, pornography and trying to do pornography. He admits it. He says, but it's, he talks about how it's legal, though, because these are not real kids. These are imaginary. These are, you know, from these. So what they're doing, though, there's this loophole where they can show and get into promoting child pornography. This is incredibly wicked you know the book of revelation it talks about they won't repent of their sorcery pharmakeia they won't repent repent of their porneo sexual sin and all these different things and this is a top writer you know of comics and the next guy i'll just go through him really briefly is grant morrison grant morrison's number two and we deal with him in i think both of our videos a bit but also a practitioner of Aleister crowley's magic he couldn't write at all they say he found some books by his that his uncle had on Aleister crowley started getting a crowley and we show him actually talking before a bunch of kids saying this stuff really works you need to get the books of Aleister crowley a bunch of young people yeah. that are enamored by him and it shows a picture of Aleister crowley because he's at a, a, a metzger uh this info conference and by the way, Metzger says of Grant Morrison, before I make another point along those lines, is Metzger's good friends with Morrison. He says, yeah, what he does is he shoots these candy-coated bullets in the heads of kids, and the parents are none the wiser, and the, and the kids get nice and blanked up. And I'm like, man, look at what these, these guys are basically telling you what they're doing. Anyways, there's a big picture of Crowley in the back with 666, and he says, get his books and so forth. You know, he talks about contacting these demonic entities. And what's a, a blow, my brother, is... He basically just states straight out. I mean, he's got an article on the internet called Pop Magic, and he talks about how you can contact these different entities. For instance, you can contact Flash uh, by putting the figurine of Flash up or his comics up, pulling his comics up, I'm sorry, he says, and then uh, 
playing since Flash has to do with speed. You can take some speed, some dope. You can play Ray of Light by Madonna. And it's, you know, this is different aspects of, of symbolism used to attract demons. And then he even says in that article, some of these demons you can contact or he warns can cause you to go insane because they have very dark energy. And this is a number two writer. We're talking one and two. And they're, 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 a lot of the stuff they've done has been influenced. A lot of the movies that have come out made movies based on their, 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 their comics and so forth. So uh, we're not just saying, hey, we're concerned. We're saying, guess what? We've got the goods. These guys are evil and they are, a lot of their stuff's being used to influence our children. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that is, it is, it's disturbing when you think about it because, you know, so many people, you know, they watch Iron Man and all this stuff and, and say, oh, man, this is really, you know, pure, you know, wholehearted, you know, American values. And 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 it it it's so subtle that unless, as you said, unless you have your spiritual antenna up, you don't catch it. Like in your video here, you you focus on Dr. Strange in this video, but he wasn't always known as Dr. Strange. Right. Can you share yeah. a little bit about what he actually started out as in this so-called comic series? Yeah, it's quite crazy with uh, Doctor Strange is that he's one of the main characters now, right? And they waited to roll him out because he's a sorcerer. They knew a lot of Christians. A lot of people have a hard time with promoting sorcery, even though the world's been you know, well-conditioned and the church has been well-conditioned through Harry Potter and so forth, who the writer of Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, admits being involved in like, you know, she admits there's been some witchcraft that that's influenced her and how the character she said even strolled into her consciousness and so forth when she first started writing that she was in planning on writing for kids and she even talks about an audible voice when she narrates you know so a lot of kids have been influenced by magic a lot of christians have let their guard down when when the bible puts sorcery in the same list brother bob as you know as it does with uh you know, sexual sin and murder. You know, those are the same vice lists in Revelation chapter nine, Revelation chapter uh, twenty, uh, chapter twenty-two, verse fourteen to fifteen, Revelation chapter twenty-one, verse eight. Uh, has, has sorcery and sexual sin together, and God doesn't believe it's okay to write. Well, it's just fantasy. Well, if I give my kid a book about Hogwarts School of Sexual Perversion, it's okay because it's fantasy. No, it's an abomination to God. You yeah. know, so we shouldn't be fantasying about using witchcraft as well. So, with regard to uh, Doctor Strange, is the interesting thing is, and we prove it, you know, he rolls out and uh, we, he's rolled out first as Dr. Droom, not Dr. Doom, but with a rhyming with oh. broom, Dr. Droom. And I say that because it's a Dr. Doom, but Dr. Droom. And we show that uh, according to, uh, uh, you know, the, the the makers, we look at Marvel, you know, and we look at Stan Lee, that he said he wanted to bring the sorcerer back, Dr. Druid. And Dr. Druid was based on Dr. Droom. And we show, you can just look up Dr. Droom on Wikipedia. You'll see that he became Dr. Druid. He became Dr. Strange. Well, <laughs> uh, no pun intended, but strange enough, and truth is stranger than fiction, is when you look at that, you see Dr. Droom, and you took up Crowley's most popular picture, you know, where he's got the shaved head and everything. He's a, you've seen it. He's a dead, a dead ringer for yeah. Dr. Droom. And, yeah. uh, he, and that, and then they, then they changed him a little bit, became Dr. Druid, his look a little bit. Then they brought him back as Dr. Strange. Well, the crazy thing is, is you're able to prove the connection between these guys. First of all, their origin story of Dr. Droom slash Druid, because he has the same origin story as of Dr. Strange. Uh, the movie, they made him from America, but in the comics, he's from Great Britain. Now, Lester Crowley. Not only looks like him, but he's a Satanist from Lester Crowley, like uh, from Great Britain. He went to the Himalayas. Doctor Droom does, or Doctor Strange, like Lester Crowley does. He he brings uh, magic, synthesizes Western and Eastern mysticism, uh, like Crowley. 
Uh, he uh, has a wife uh, named uh, <laughs> Clea Crowley's wife was Leah. Uh, he uses the eye in the triangle, eye of Agamotto, which is Crowley's eye of Horus, which represents Satan or Iwas. Uh, uh, he he practices magic in the Sanctum Sanctorum, you know, just like Alester Crowley, a strange place to practice magic. It's a blasphemous, you know, the, uh, uh, Latin for the Holy Holies. And that's where Crowley practices magic. Well, that's where Dr. Drew practices magic in Sanctum Sanctorum. And we we draw like, I don't know, 15, yeah. 20 different parallels between the two of them. Okay. Uh, so what's crazy about this is that we're able to show not only those connections, but we're able to show that Stephen Engelhart who was the main writer for Marvel through the 70s, 80s with DC, uh, 70s and 80s, back and forth with those to revamping a lot of DC's characters more than anybody else during a lot of that time period. And uh, the main writer for many, most of the uh, Marvel characters as well in the 70s and so forth, is we show that he was a member of Crowley's Ordo Templi Orientis. And I think we we actually play the audio of him being interviewed by the leader of Crowley's Satanic Order, the OTO. And and then, you know, basically rejoicing that they were able to slip these Crowleyan teachings in, or that I should say that uh, Stephen Engelhart was. And and we, we get we show you've seen the videos, and we show some really bizarre history, yeah, and we, yeah. we play that interview showing that he, he's talking about how yeah, I, I, as member OTO, I was able to bring you know learn Crowley's magic and stuff and bring it into the character of Doctor of Doctor Strange. Uh, so and we actually show where he Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, you know, he was has been in the past practitioner of Crowley's uh, magic and says big names are made today, not through ready, steady, go, but through practicing magic of Aleister Crowley. You know, their song, How's the Holy says your world's spinning faster. You're dizzy when you're stoned. You know, then it says we heed the master's call, Satan and man. I mean, it's pretty obvious what they were about, but we show a letter that was written uh, from uh, Steve Engelhart, who, who was the ambassador for the OTO, Crowley's OTO, to Page, asking if we can use when we're in Europe, have our meetings in Boleskine House, which is where Paige says uh, uh, it was burnt to the ground. It was a mental institution. It was a church that was burnt to the ground. That could be a fake origin story, just glorifying the, the, the occult aspect of that. And he, he asked Paige if they can use that to have their OTO meetings, you know. So the connections are just rife. I mean, it's it's just, like I said, you can't make this up. And and we have the goods. And and guess what? I mean, I I would think people would want to know this, you know, yeah, so we put amen. this out because amen. it's the main, main influencer of young people today. One of the main influences at the very least. And we actually show, and it's a great witnessing tool because you're able to show young people, Hey, look at what's going on. This is real because a lot of young people and a lot of the young people, I feel so bad for them because they're constantly, you know, being exposed to a lot of evil influences, but a lot of young people by the grace of God still hate being lied to. So yeah. when you can show yeah. them that there's a deception afoot yeah. and that this is actually revealed by the Bible and God's word had foretold that this would take take place and it confirms the truth in scripture. And even more so, we have the resurrection of Christ, the eyewitnesses. Yeah. We have the Bible itself, the word of God, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're able to bring young people and bring people to Christ through this, which is our ultimate objective. Uh, the Bible says, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them. So as Christians, we're commanded to expose these things. And we found this is a very powerful tool because we basically use the devil's work against him and expose it, even as David uses Goliath's sword to take yeah, off amen. his head. Amen. That's right. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for this portion of a great interview with Pastor Joe Schimmel of Good Fight Ministries. Now, I love interviewing Pastor Joe every chance I get because he's been on the front lines of sharing information from basically inside the beast, if you could call it that. From Simi Valley, California, he has had firsthand information on the various ways Hollywood and music has been influencing our culture. 
How? Because he experienced it. He lived it. His video, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, pulled back the curtain on the demonic influences in our culture. He is now creating a video series on how Hollywood has also sold their souls and are serving the devil in ways you can't even imagine. And we, as a society, are playing with the devil on turning our children over to the satanic. How, you ask? Well, you need to go to the website below, MarvelDCExposed.com, click the link, watch the videos, and find out for yourself. The important part is, this has just been part one of what turned out to be a fabulous three-part interview. Be sure to come back for the next episode, and we'll continue our discussion with Pastor Joe. And be sure to click the links and watch those videos as well. Amen? Till next time, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.